0: So it begins. Let's get the Linux Gaming on, which is. Hello and welcome to episode 109 of the Best Linux Games podcast being recorded for you on Saturday, the 26th of November 2016. Let me make it 2016 11. Twenty-six at seventeen forty-one p.m. Pacific Coast Time. Yes, Winston Churchill here with you at six forty-nine for normal human beings. Pacific Coast Time. Yes, Ivor Molina over there in the booth. He is. He says hi. Um, if someone wins. Oh, I, 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 I the audience says hi to you. He's holding up the drink whiskey sign. So cheers, ladies and germs. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, um, with you and yours. Uh, Malolanka. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. 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 Mm Mm-hmm. That's nice. Mm. Mm. (coughs) Mm. I have War there trying to kill me with, uh... With his just inimitable influence. His His... Placing his thumbprint right in the middle of the show. Like, uh... Like a big shit. Song. That wasn't good! That's that right. Wasn't good. It wasn't. And you know me, I don't say nothing. So anyway, we have That was terrible <laughs> you, are, are, are you are you quite done yet? Mad Damon. Okay. Now you're done. Mad Damon. Alright, yes. Awesome. So hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um right now that we're gonna just jump right into our top stories. We have about an hour's worth of show for you um this week. We have a. Uh, Uh, we're replacing, these are our top stories so first of all we're not doing the deals this week, we're doing the Steam Autumn Sale as a feature Um, we have a lot of really good deals um, for people who are new to gaming on Linux, if you've been around gaming on Linux for a while now, this Autumn Sale is kind of a disappointment um, to me, but there are some really awesome games available uh, if you don't if you haven't been shopping for uh, Steam games on Linux for very long, including Mad Max, spoiler alert, speaking of Mad Max, also in our top stories, it has just come to my attention two days ago. This is going to blow your mind and I'm going to keep it really fast, I'm not going to rant about this for too long, but so Mad Max that I've been ranting about and loving and, you know, I've played for over 209 hours and reviewed on the show, and done like, yeah, I don't know, six hours worth of content on this show over the last, like, two months. i has been about how great Mad Max is. I just realized two days ago that I was playing Mad Max with the 3D Nouveau drivers instead of with my actual GTX 970... Um, NVIDIA drivers, the proprietary drivers running on my Mint 18 system and what this means is not it's not crazy because oh well it looks so great or whatever, it's so crazy because the Nouveau drivers actually ran that game a game that requires hardcore 3D acceleration which means that like my experience, generationally, from like five years ago, or just like actually, like you know, like two years ago, a year ago, last month, even the nouveau drivers, at least with Mint 18, are capable of doing some serious fucking shit. I was blown away, and so I, so I, of course, then enabled my proprietary drivers, and then checked out the game, and it looked, you know, a little bit better, um, in some areas, a little bit worse in others. Had some weird draw distance kind of things like where it was updating the quality of the textures not quite as fast as the Nouveau drivers but the Nouveau drivers were what powered my fucking review of Mad Max that's unbelievable to me it blew my mind because you know if, if you've been around uh Ubuntu um, based systems for I guess like 8 years now going on like they have been a travesty in terms of 3D acceleration Um I can only. Rep- I didn't do any um, extensive benchmarking uh, to test switching back and forth because, like, I, I I still can't really believe it. I can only report to you what my operating system told me when I checked out the drivers screen because I was just doing some little system maintenance. I was updating some stuff and I was like, "Oh, I wonder if there there's a new uh, graphics, a new proprietary driver for my graphics card." And I saw that those weren't even enabled. Blew my mind. You know, you come a long, long way, baby. I still recommend if you have a three D, if you, if you have a three D graphics card, turn on the real three D acceleration. Actually, use the proprietary drivers if they're available for your system. Don't rely on the nouveau drivers. But I could not believe it. So, also in our top stories, we are bumping the infamous one: our interview with magnificent friend of the show and fascinating human being at large. I don't know if I'm Scottish or Russian right now. I'm a Russian Scotsman. It's a weird thing. (laughs) No pra. No for Russian Scotsman. Um super huge friend of the show, infamous one, due to the Steam Autumn sale, and then like also a couple of other things. We're gonna have our interview with him that I promised you this week. We're gonna push it to next week. Um, but I do want to mention that uh he has gotten his podcast off the ground. Um very exciting. I have not heard it yet because I found this out yesterday. I found this out under 24 hours ago. Um, he's on Hacker Public Radio, HPR. Hello, welcome to Hacker Public Radio. We're gonna tell you how to root, root your own remote control and then use it as a wireless, as a wireless sniffer for war driving. Um anyway. Oh man, I wore already <laughs> There we go. Hit him with it. Here on HPR Hacker Public Radio, which is funded exclusively by listeners like you, we're going to learn all about how to, one ping only, destroy an entire entire city's worth of netgear routers, which have not been updated, firmware, not patchable. Then we're going to learn how to control everyone else's lights on your neighborhood. All this and more coming up. On Hacker Public Radio. Anyway, (laughs) thank you, Ivor, for hitting us with the the dinner's dwarf, actually. (laughs) um, Anyway, Hacker Public Radio, which we'll talk more about that with the infamous one next week. But I want to let you know that his first episode is out. It's Hacker Public Radio number 2167. Um, So Google that. Find him listen to his podcast, check it out, and check out Hacker Public Radio at large. It's fucking cool. Fucking rad. Thank you, once again, to the infamous one, uh, and we will get to him, and we'll talk to him about his podcast and about uh, the state of uh, community gaming throughout uh, the last 20 years, more or less, and its impact, uh, and Steam's impact from a free and open source um, perspective, from the FOSS mindset of what Steam is doing and how well it's doing in terms of creating games that are driven by user-creative content, user-created content, and just all sorts of video game nerdosity and and tech geekery uh with the infamous one, who is awesome and fascinating. Um, and then finally, uh oh yeah, and finally our 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 two things of this our two other things this week. Our column this week is gonna be uh best linux games the column which can be found at www.bestlinuxgames.com look at the top of the page and if you see with the right kind of eyes if you see with the right kind of eyes you can almost see at the top of the page a secret portal opening there that might say something like best linux games the column some other inscrutable weirdness written, ancient, runic glowing symbols and before your portal are open and take you to the best Linux games column uh, section of our website where we do a weekly column uh, this week it is you know what actually I'm not sure what the column is going to be this week it will be out as of Sunday right now it's Saturday um, generally, we try to keep the column as tightly tightly uh, coincidental to the podcast as we can, but uh, it's been a busy, busy, busy week in case you know you're not from America. We had Thanksgiving this week. We had Thanksgiving, which meant that many turkeys and hot dogs were slaughtered. It was a turkey apocalypse. Oh So, um, yeah, uh, I had a great Thanksgiving. I hope all of you did as well. Uh, I am personally thankful exclusively for Richard Stallman, Jupiter Broadcasting, Linux, Alan Jude, even though he is the dark overlord to which we all pray and fear. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, other things I'm thankful for friends and family. And I'm most especially thankful for you for listeners just like you, here on Hacker Public Radio. Right <laughs> okay, right. Cut it out, Ivor. Um, so, yes, and then finally, our review, our feature this week, well, it's not our feature, it's, we have two features. We have our feature, which is the Autumn Deals, and then we have a review this week, which is a review of Darkest Dungeon. So, what do you say we get to it, I, a- Ivor? Huh? Huh? Don't you fucking look at me like that! In accordance with the laws and regulations regarding the internet within your local jurisdiction, Best Linux Games Podcast now presents you with a dose of clap. Just kidding, motherfuckers. It's review time. There is a great horror beneath the manor. A crawling chaos it must be destroyed. The task ahead is terrible. And weakness cannot be tolerated. My obsession caused this great foulness. Now, like me, You are a part of this place. The Darkest Dungeon. So this boss battle is actually not going very well. And Nun Ratchet, all of a sudden, her health is fine, but her stress level, she's taken a lot of damage, and a lot of psychological damage, intentionally psychological damage, from this boss, who's this motherfucker in, in these, he's in these stalks, like, you know, like a laughing stalk, like a, like a Salem Witch Trial era Colonial America um, thing that, you know, they lock you up in if you're drunk, where your hands and your head stick out from, you know, two wooden boards that are clap together so that everyone can laugh at you in the town square and throw anyway, this guy likes to attack with a lot of psychological damage and a lot of physical damage but in Nun Ratchet's exact case in the middle of this boss fight, which is totally not going my way uh, my everyone is really really, really really, like, I mean, this guy can just take three moves with impunity it seems like and just hit everyone with physical damage. He throws rocks at you from above, or whatever. He, and I mean, each hit, like, take like half of your half of your character's life and kill attack the whole group at a time. It's very Final Fantasy. It's a very Final Fantasy boss um, style. Nun Ratchet, in this case, though, her health is fine. I need her, though, because she's the only person who can heal anyone? Nun Ratchet, her stress gets fucked up because this guy just keeps pounding her plus one other dude with psychological damage, intentionally psychological damage. Like he gets inside of her head, just bam! Every every other turn, this guy gets. He's on Nun Ratchet, riding her brain waves straight into. That uh, Vietnam mindset where this this glorious adventure suddenly is not such a glorious adventure. It is a dark, dark, narrow path whose walls are closing in specifically on her. And now it brings her to a moment of absolute trial. This is called a will challenge. W-I-L-L-C-H-A-L-L-E-N-G-E. Her stress hits 100 points. And she undergoes a will challenge. This means that she is about we, not just she, but but more importantly, we are about to discover, along with her, something about her true nature, her inner character. What is she really like? when everything is on the line, because the world is closing in on her. And she feels as if it's specifically closing in on her, intentionally. And, you know what, she has great reason to fear this, because... does not look like we're gonna beat this boss. Uh, I did not, you know, it was my first time fighting this guy, and I didn't understand his tactics, so ba-bam. Nurse Ratchet, Nun Ratchet, is undergoing a will challenge. So, everything stops. The entire action of everything stops. Once it hits her turn again. Or no, actually just a second her stress meter gets to 100. Her health is fine. Her stress is fucked. But bam, we'll challenge. Generally speaking, this reveals something good or something bad that will define the remainder of this character's time in the dungeon. If it's something bad, it's something that will have to be cured in the sanitarium if and slash after, and if I feel slash after I, uh, after we get out, and if I feel that she's worth the expense. So Nun Ratchet falls to her knees in this beautiful splash screen with, with her holding the sides of her head, howling up at an uncaring black, nothing, abyssal, Flaw in this gorgeous cartoon, demi anime, demi art of the Renaissance style. Art of the actually kind of like the medieval, kind of art of the Dark Ages. Everything kind of looks like a tapestry um, from that period, but with a bit of an anime flavor. And uh, there she is, and it, the screen is like basically bright red and black. And underneath her, as you see her mouth open and abject fucking despair. It says whatever her um, will check has resulted in. Sometimes this is good. Generally it is very bad. Uh, Sometimes it's hopeless, which means that she has lost all hope. She is engaged exclusively in the action of despair. Sometimes Uh, Your heroes become irrational, which means that they simply are crazy, and they get very unpredictable, um, and they say really funny things, too. uh, I had a plague doctor who was irrational, and we jumped into this fight, and his first words before the battle started were, I prescribe DEATH! Um, But Nun Ratchet is, in this case, selfish. I can't remember if it was selfish or if she became a coward. But Nun Ratchet, from this point forward in the battle, is going to behave according to her own interests and not necessarily according to mine. Meaning, it's not an entire certainty that I am going to be able to control her every turn. Sometimes she might take her own turn and do whatever the fuck she wants. For And the cool thing is, above her, you know, she'll say whatever the fuck, you know, No, you bosses are all against me, you motherfuckers. And then she'll. she'll Cast a protection spell on herself. You know, when I what I really need her to do and what everyone really needs her to do is to heal this one guy or to simply use your fucking magic on the boss! If we could kill him! We have one turn's like, you know, narrow margin here. I just need you to use that use your spell. Oh my god, no no no. <laughs> Or she'll go, she'll become a coward and she'll just decide to switch places and try to move her way to the back end of the line irrationally. Or she will go crazy and just do whatever. Or she will, um, you know, blah, 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 blah. Now this affects when someone has a will challenge, their effect that they develop from it um, affects everyone else in the party. Because it's four people and, you know, We're all a team here, right? So, the fact that Nun Ratchet has gone insane really bothers me, because now it kind of means that we're all going to die, and I'm never going to get these characters again. And i spent four hours building them up. But also, it affects in the immediate, that's the long-term future, uh, in the immediate future, at best, it makes what already looks like an impossible well, it's going to be an impossible task to wit beating this giant lunatic who is in the stocks and is capable of just insane, insanely powerful magic. It looks like the impossible task of beating him is going to be that much more impossible, even worse in the very near term, in meaning to wit, like immediately after she. You know, doesn't you? Don't fail a, a will challenge. It's just it had a negative outcome. You know, hopelessness, irrational, selfish, um, masochistic, uh, coward, etc. Um, all of which have various nuances to their implications, and all of which, depending on a character's al- already pre-existing quirks can become interrelated into this, like, kind of behavioral pattern of doom uh, just in the near term. But anyway, everyone else sees that Nun Ratchet is no longer pulling on the same rope. And they all experience negative stress because of this. So their stress... Everyone's stress meter goes up a little bit. Or a lot. In this case, it's a little bit across everyone. Everyone gets like 15 to 25 stress points. Now, unlike everyone else, Nunratchet has full health. That's because she's our healer. But now it's time for our guy in the stocks, who's like a maniac preacher kind of guy. He now gets three turns against us. And he, and each turn is like against the entire fucking team. It is ridiculous. This guy is like a Final Fantasy level boss. And he is brutal and he takes the health from everyone. Almost everyone. And now Nun Ratchet, who we can no longer really rely on controlling, who's our only real healer. We have two guys standing on death's door. Me and their health points have been reduced to zero. Their stress is fine. By the way, if your stress meter fills up twice in one dungeon, you die instantly of a heart attack. If your health is reduced to zero in a dungeon, It doesn't really matter next time you take damage it will kill you because you're on death's door but if you have one hit point in between having zero in in between and the turns between having zero hit points and the next time you take damage you're just back at death's door again all it takes is one hit point to keep you from dying in the dungeon apart from a heart attack so now I realize this mechanic I got three characters that I'm positive I can control. This guy, who had like a hundred and some odd hit points when we started, he is down to 23 hit points. If I can somehow figure out a way to keep the two guys who are on death's door from taking damage again, while they're at zero damage, while they're at zero hit points, then there's a chance that between three guys landing attacks on him. I mean, generally, like, my guy's damage. I got a knight who is really good. He's got, um, his his base attack is, like, you know, 7 to 14 or something like that. My leper's attack, yeah, I have a leper. He's awesome. He, because he knows what pain is. He knows what life is. Life is fucking suffering Life is having to wear a fucking mask for forever and being an object of denigration, hatred, and being reviled by every human being who you see. Mm. That's why I like to send them and the nuns to the brothel all the time. Oh, it's so great to send Nun Ratchet to the brothel. Anyway, I like sending my leper there just as well. He deserves it. For Christ's sake, guy needs a break. Lost got your nose. My leper hits so fucking hard. My leper's damage is like 8 to 20 or something like that. It's retarded. With a buff, he's like 8 to 20, something like that. 10 to, 10 to 20, 11 to 20, depending on the attack. This guy's got 23 hit points. Everyone, you know, my Knight, my leper they're on Death's Door. Nun Ratchet is unreliable can't be relied upon for healing. She has no group healing spells. I've tricked her out to be, specifically to be, because this is a long quest. This is is a long dungeon. Meaning it's going to take like an hour, a lot of rooms, a lot of fights, a lot of damage. So I didn't want to have to rely on the one piece, the one time that we're going to be able to camp in the middle of it. So I, I buffed Nun Ratchet and tweaked Nun Ratchet to be able to heal individual characters for a great amount so that we could get through it all um, together because this is my this is my goon this is my refined goon squad that I'm trying to mature and then finally we have Montgomery my highway my grave robber actually who is kind of like you know he's not at death door yet but he you know all it takes is one hit from this boss and he's dead Boss has 23 hit points. I got three guys, two of which are on Death's Door. The one person I have who can heal. Oh, wait. No, my knight actually has a stupid spell that'll heal one to two hit points. Bam. If we don't miss. We can get by without none Ratchet. And we might be able to take this motherfucker down. We might get victory from the Jaws of Defeat. And this is some fucking serious thinking here. For point-and-click, I mean, unbelievable. Unbelievable, and I won't describe the circumstances that led us directly to this. Fucking Extremis. Because I don't want to lose any of these guys. And that is the genius of Darkest Dungeon. It doesn't try to kill you with a insanely escalating difficulty curve. It doesn't. It makes it so that you don't care if you get killed, generally. Because generally you don't care about your characters. Unless, of course, you do. And it makes it so that you only And, and it makes it so that not only do you only care about them in this case, but you actually do care about them in this case. If they are heroes that you have matured and have developed and more than that have come to understand their role their individual role in a team sense Like you, you understand how with these three other guys or these two other guys or this guy in that position or this guy in that position how this guy can do thing X, Y, and Z Now, the great genius of the game, by the way, I won the boss fight. I almost jumped out of my chair. Because it was so fucking insane. It was so close. It was so close. Um, and I won by the skin of my teeth, just by figuring out, okay, well, we're going to use the knight now. My knight is going to heal... my leper. So that we're going to have the leper's damage. My knight might get taken out next turn, but my leper won't. Between my leper and my grave robber, we should have both the range and the damage potential. Especially if we can get on the far edge of the highwayman's uh, damage range for the specific attack that we're going to have to use. If we can get him to land a hit of 11... We can lose our night in the interim and Nun Ratchet's unresponsive. We'll have to send her to the sanitarium afterwards or the whorehouse or both. But we can... We could do this. This is possible. If, If they don't miss, it is possible that we could... Oh my God, we did it! I mean, we're talking victory from the jaws of defeat, because I had no idea what this, this, this boss's tactics were. We did it, and it was deep. It was incredibly difficult, immensely satisfying, because it was a triumph of actually only my strategic understanding and tactical exploitation of my individual characters, you know, blah. But these were like the heroes that I was grooming, and so I could not afford to lose one. And I could not afford to abandon the battle. And this is the great genius of Darkest Dungeon. You will come... You can throw noobs and just dispose of them and let them go as damaged, fractured individuals who are now twitching at every fucking sudden movement. They're deranged, angry, post-traumatic stress disorder... Literally, and you get this all from dialogue boxes that aren't, you know, they, they just happen interstitially uh, throughout the game interface and stuff, and also from their stress levels. You know, you, you come to understand your your uh, your characters very well, or at least you won't you won't get far in the game without coming to understand them very well. Um, you know, you'll send them home if they're too broken and too green to, uh, heal, because that takes a whole fucking turn in the dungeons. They have to be out, and it costs a whole lot of money, a lot of times, to fucking fix a noob that, you know, oh my god, I'm psychotic now, I'm irrational! And, uh, the big thing is, there are two kinds of quirks in the game. Every time you send out your players, every time you send out your characters on a dungeon delve, they will develop quirks, both positive and negative. Um... And sometimes uh, the negative quirks, as they, as you send them out, if they have a negative quirk, if you send them out over and over again without trying to address that quirk, but just dress, addressing their overall stress by sending them to the brothel or gambling, or you know, if they're religious, you have to, you know, if they're if they're absolutely god fearing, then you know they will not gamble, they won't um, drink, they won't, you know, whore fuck. Um, you can only send them to the Abbey, you know, where your choices are like meditation, uh, something else. And then flagellation. Yeah, baby, get out them whips and chains. Um, you know, blah, but that just addresses the surface stress that does not address their quirks to actually remove a quirk, which generally in and of themselves are not that debilitating, but cumulatively over time, can become interrelated or can form, like, a kind of a web of interrelation that makes your character really, really, really impossible to send out. Like, all of a sudden, like, everything will stress them out. Like, you know, if you have a character who cannot fucking tolerate, who gets plus 20% stress from, uh, anytime that the light levels are above, uh, 75%, While everyone else enjoys the easier difficulty of the light level being above 75%, this character is taking 20% more stress. Okay, that's one thing. Let's say he has that, and then he takes plus 20% more stress from fighting humans, and also has another quirk, plus 20% more stress from fighting uh, abominations, unnatural creatures like the undead and stuff. So that means, basically, no matter what the opposition is, if the light is above 75%, which is what you kind of want to try to keep it at if, you know, you want um, easiest difficulty and best, uh, you know, your torches burn out, hence the term Darkest Dungeon. The further you go, um, and the more time you spend in the dungeon, the more torches you'll have to go through, and chances are you've underestimated that amount uh, in one way or another. So, as the light levels drop, this guy gets better, but everyone else, you know, block. So, if, if you keep the light levels at a sane level, like 75%, this guy is now, no matter what the opposition is, he's going to be taking like whatever, you know, he's going to take 40% more damage, 40% more stress points. So, like, if two guys like try to stress him out, like with like a mind attack or whatever, all of a sudden this guy is going to go into will challenge. But bam, from zero to, you know, 100 in, like, you know, maybe three battles. And then he's going to, like, develop something probably horrible. Generally, the more tortured by neuroses and individual neuroses, it's just my, uh, you know, anecdotal experience, the less likely the chance that they will discover something positive from the will Challenge. And then you're going to have a broken guy. And this can happen to heroes of any level. So you can have a hero who's just fresh off the stagecoach. You know he's a level zero. You throw him in the dungeon with a bunch of other level zeros, and they all die. Oh well, you lost some money. Then you can have a guy who's a level three dude, who you throw in with a bunch of other level three guys, or even something. An even better example is a level two guy because level twos they can kind of play everything. They can play like level, you know, beginning beginner quests all the way up to. Um, level three, I think yeah, I think it's as long as you're within one level of your guy, anyway level two guys you've spent a lot of time grooming them you've spent a lot of time upgrading them, you have made great sacrifices to keep them sane and to keep them alive you've let many people die ultimately and you can look back and see it which is even cooler you can see. But but you don't see it in the middle of battle. You feel it in the middle of battle. This guy's been with me for 16 hours. This guy is one of my best guys. This is one of my favorite guys. And his mind can snap. And all of a sudden the game, the the you know, otherwise ordinary dungeon which, you know, you made a couple of mistakes and got a couple of bad rolls, or, like, maybe you didn't take into account the full amount of quirks that this motherfucker had. All of a sudden, like, you know, you have seven quirks and three of them are interrelated. And oh, my God, this guy is gonna die. And this is a big fucking deal. Because when they die, they're gone, baby. And so instead of, like, trying to punish you with just INSANE DIFFICULTY no, Darkest Dungeon punishes you by getting you completely addicted to an incredibly simple seeming um, and BEAUTIFULLY DESIGNED uh, game experience that's so easy to pick up it'll be like 8 hours, you'll have a couple of epiphanies start thinking more um, tactically at first and then more strategically. And then you'll... There are so many layers of strategic thought in this game. Like, okay, so what am I going to upgrade at the Hamlet? Do I want... Do I want to upgrade the guild so that I can get more... Do I want to upgrade the training level at the guild? Or do I want to cut the cost of training... Which of these motherfuckers do I actually want to upgrade their spells for, who do I want to reconfigure, who is it worth investing in, in terms of buying whole new spells and techniques, you know, blah, 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 who is worth entirely throwing away right now? Because you can dismiss them. Okay, yeah, you have every kind of fucking phobia that I've ever seen, you are now a kleptomaniac, you're insane, It's going to cost seven, and you have, like, fucking, you have diseases, too. So it's going to cost, like, fucking $17,000 to rehab your ass, and three turns that you're going to have to sit up. No, okay, you're, you're level one, I'm cutting my losses with you, you are off the bus, you are back on the coach, get the fuck out of my life, etc., And so it's a game that like doesn't try to trap you and doesn't try to overwhelm you with difficulty, but it's a game in which like your, your favorite characters are sometimes the most deeply damaged, but you can't really see that. Or are sometimes unwilling to see it because you need them, and so you have to make really hard de- decisions and choices that are entirely yours to make. The game doesn't have like any. There are no dialogue box boxes that pop up saying, "This guy is really fucked up. He is going to lose his mind in the first two two rooms of this next dungeon, and he's going to get everyone killed because he's going to stress out and he's going to have you know a dark epiphany in which the entire world is against him." and he's not going to cooperate with anything, you know, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes, um, negative negative will challenges will result in good behavior, because it's absolutely, entirely dependent upon the character, which is, like, a huge array of complex, um, decision-making that the game is doing in terms of the emotional, uh, you know, psycho-emotional chemistry within a character's brain, uh... And the more quirks they have, the more complicated it becomes. Now, there is a slight chance that when a will challenge happens, that instead of seeing within themselves the darkest aspects of the outer world reflected from within, like we're doing faith-shaking epiphanies of darkness, like, Oh, there is no God! Oh, and everything I've believed in is foolish, and now I must fight on my own! Why am I not, you know... Bl- Seriously, that's the type of dialogue that you see. And it all happens while you're pointing and clicking your stupid little way through, like, what seem like very simple uh, decisions. Oh, well, what shall I attack with and blah, 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 blah. And the further and further and further and further you go into the game, I've played 26 hours, the deeper and more consequential those decisions become as you understand their potential nuances, not just for, like, the stress and quirks and shit, but in terms of other aspects of the game anyway, instead of it being a negative epiphany generally there's like a very rare chance that they will discover something truly great within them within themselves I am for just as somewhat persistent and difficult uh, and difficult in a minor sense, in a minor nagging sense as the negative um, will challenge effects can be so they they they're small but they're they're very difficult to get rid of. They last a long time, like you know, like the, and they cost a lot to completely eradicate. Just as those are small but long-lived when they discover something within themselves that is heroic, the difference is humongous and short-lived. Short, yeah, short-lived, short-lived. So like, oh, okay, I discovered that I'm virtuous from my will challenge. From my moment of my, my crucible, my trial by fire, I discovered that you know, let's just say that uh... My, uh, my leper, who I, I've named the Doom. The doomed discovers that he is virtuous, which actually will never happen because they don't really believe in God. But it depends. Anyway, and there are all sorts of alignments and stuff. Like you know, it's just really po- either you're you believe in divinity or you don't, um, or you believe in negative divinity. Abominations believe in in like dark things that make them incompatible with nuns. But anyway. Go through a will challenge, and instead of the screen flooding with this icon of your character just cringing and being destroyed by their own inner emotional turmoil, with their mouths open to like an uncaring and you know uh, unseeing divinity who has who has forsaken them, illuminated. In a halo of blood red with an endless background of just total blackness, you'll see the doom. And he will be standing there with his sword in his hand, and this giant illuminated yellow halo has discovered is virtuous. Everyone in your in your party now gets like four stress removed at the beginning of every time. This guy's turn, you know, I can't remember what Virtuous actually does, but they are huge, huge buffs if they turn out to be positive. You don't want to go through will challenges. And anyway, what this all amounts to is characters that you will develop and you will lose them, and when they die, they're gone forever. And all the effort that went into them is gone forever. You will learn the situations as best as you're able, and you will learn this open world as best as you can. And you will come up with your own plan as to how to mature your guys, how many guys you need, how many guys you need to send out, what your budget is, what your approach to upgrading them is. Who will live? Who will die? Who is a hero? Who is memorable to you? And you will generally know that. After you've lost a bunch, you will know that long in advance before deploying them. And you will adjust accordingly and spend or attempt to spend as much time as possible to avoid such situations that place these guys in extremis from which they may never be able to recover, or from which the depths of which you may not be willing pull them from due to expense or time and uh, yes so I will I, I will I will drink to my favorite quote and to this is my favorite quote in the English language and has been for 20 years. little kid in college. Furthermore, I'm not reading this I'm just so if I fuck it up, forgive me. Furthermore, we have not even to risk the journey alone, for the heroes of all time have gone before us. The labyrinth is thoroughly known. We have only to follow the thread of the hero path. And where we thought to find an abomination, we shall find a god. Where we had thought to slay another, we shall slay ourselves. Where we had thought to travel outwards, we shall be brought to the center of our own existence. And where we had thought... Don't want to be alone we shall be with all the world darkest dungeon and by the way Joseph Campbell Cheers <laughs> pretty heavy stuff mm. darkest dungeon takes the hero's journey puts it to the Pepsi challenge and it's a gut Pepsi challenge uh, and it, it all unfolds very realistically with these paper, these two dimensional side scrolling uh, paper people throughout turn based combat and uh, static upgrading and etc. There's not much that's dynamic about the game except for the game design itself. And uh, there's not much that needs to be learned to become addicted to it. I mean, you can spend an hour and then you'll be pretty, pretty hooked. And you'll find 8 hours have gone by and that you think you're understanding the game, then 16? You now have some heroes and you've lost some heroes and you know the ropes. And then by the time you start fighting bosses, which are just quests, they're just different criteria for dungeon completion. Uh, I, I started doing mine at around 24 hours um, into the game, I played 26. You will find yourself being consumed by the Darkest Dungeon. And it's masterful design. I highly recommend it, uh, especially with Steam's return policy. Uh, now through I don't know when, they don't have a date right now. So I don't know if it's part of the autumn sale or if this is going to expire independently of the autumn sale. Which I think it might because this was what ultimately I, I held off from buying Darkest Dungeon for forever. Because uh, it was over $20 and it didn't look like the type of game that I like. Right now, it's 40% off at $14.99, down from $24.99. With the Steam Store return policy, I find it very difficult to not recommend Darkest Dungeon to everyone I know. It's not going to be everyone's type of game, but you can get a full refund even after you play like six hours or whatever. So, let me make sure about that. Let me actually make sure because I've noticed there are very few games, but sometimes there are games that say that you cannot return. No, this is fine. It does not say that you can't return it. Make sure, though, if you're gonna just buy it blindly off of my recommendation, it's one of the best games out there that's this type of game. Um, In fact, it is the best uh, type of uh, roguelike point-and-clicker strategy art, role-playing game. Lots of depth. You, humongous death. So check it out, Darkest Dungeon. Ah, uh, cheer. Cruel machinations spring to life with a singular purpose. Death waits. What are you oh my God! It's millions, millions. Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, spooky. So review out of the way. We're off to our feature, which is replacing our deal section this week. Um, Of course, due to the autumn autumn sale, we've picked a couple of uh, a big handful of them for you, so Ivor, if you'll do the honors, we can talk about... First off, we have Mad Max. Uh, I don't know if you've been listening to the show for very long, but if you have, or not even very long, uh, you know that I really love Mad Max. Uh, It's a feral interactive port of the game of the same name. Well, if you weren't quite convinced by, I don't know, like the cumulative six hours worth of ranting over the last five episodes that have gone into this podcast about Mad Max... You know what? They call him Mad Max because he's a nice guy. Uh, (laughs) Mad Max. Um, And by the way, none of these deals that we're going to spew at you are in any particular order, but also beyond that, we're not sure if... because the Steam store isn't showing us any dates for anything right now, so we're not sure if these deals expire with the Autumn Sale, which, just to remind you, ends on November 29th. Um... So it's three days from now. uh, Or if they have their own specific ending dates. It's not telling us anything. It's telling us absolute sweet holy fuck all. It's... 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 It's telling us nothing. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. I can't tell you anything. So anyway, now, through whenever, Mad Max is 40% off... At $17.99, and for the most beautiful game that I've... For my current standard for the most beautiful game, against which, you know, all future games are currently going to be judged, $70.99 is an awesome fucking deal. Um, I think I've played it for over 209 hours now. Uh, Unfortunately, I've been forced to move on to other games. So that's Mad Max. Then a perennial favorite of Top of the Show and Friend of the Show as uh, intimated, and next week's interview, um, The Infamous One loves this game I like it too, but it's scary it's a survival, it's not survival horror in like, you know, zombie sense but it's survival as in like you versus the elements, as in like Jack London survival, as in like you know, how the fuck are we gonna live? Survival The Long Dark L-O-N-G D-A-R-K The Long Dark now um, is 50% off uh, at $9.99 you're going to see a lot of our favorites in, and, and Long Dark is a fucking unbelievable game, it's still I think in early access, or in early anyway, but they've been working on it for a lot of years and it looks fabulous and it it's it's scary, like the second you realize, oh I'm in the Alaska wilderness alone or uh, er, the Canadian northern Canadian wilderness alone and then you can hear the howls you can hear you can hear the sounds the sounds of the pirates and their beatings um anyway and it's Alan Jude stalks you through the wilderness um of the northern Canadian uh tundra just like dear old grandpa used to make so anyway Uh, That's the Long Dark, 50% off at $9.99. Saints Row 4. In fact, it's not just Saints Row 4. Saints Row 4 being my favorite game of the Saints Row series because it's the only one that I've played. Um, But the entire Saints Row series is now 75% off. They don't have the original Saints Row, but Saints Row the 2nd through the 4th and Gat Out of Hell um, are all 75% off. Um, they start at $2.49 and I know, you know, you you kind of I don't want to sticker shock you but they start at $2.49 and they go up to as high with certain options and customizations um, lower chassis, chopped, channeled, lowered, lugered with the triple action tread tires and the dual weight suspension uh, hybrid beams uh, they go up to as high as $3.74 um, so yeah, fucking awesome deal! If you've been looking for an excuse to jump in on any of the games in the Saints Row series, if you're you're like some of my misguided friends, I think that they, think of them as misguided friends who refuse to play Saints Row Four until they've played as many of the other games as they're able to. Well, you can start with two dollars and forty nine cents and work your way up. You can get them all right now highest price you'll pay for each is $3.74. Then, another game that the infamous one really likes that I keep trying to make time to play, but... Survival, horror, multiplayer, etc. I think it's multiplayer. I'm almost positive. Uh, Seven Days to Die. Um, Seven Days to Die. Uh, Right now is 60% off. 60. 9 $9.99. As usual there are all of the Borderlands games at varying degrees of like, you know, just monstrous discounts, but uh, the one that jumped out at me, in particular, I have problems with the Borderlands games, so, you know, i uh, not uh, I'm not that, I'm, I'm not as ravenous a fan as some other friends of the show, fans of the show, and just fans of, you know, the Borderlands series are, but uh, Borderlands 2 leapt out at me. Borderlands 2. Jeff Jeffy Wise loves this fucking game. Uh, 75% off, down from 20 bucks to $4.99. But most of them are marked down uh, 70%. Like There's Borderlands, the pre-sequel. 70% off, down from 40 bucks to $11.99. You know, blah. So, etc. And it looks like most of the de- uh, downloadable content packs for Borderlands 2 are also significantly marked down. I don't know anything about them. Um, like let's see, uh Creature Slaughter Dome DLC. Uh, which came out like forever ago. Okay, well let's look at okay. Well anyway, they're all like 67% off, um down from 99 to like $3.29 and stuff like that. So that's Borderlands 2. <coughs> Excuse me. As I die in front of you, as I sacrifice my own life, my own pirate life and health. So, for those of you who aren't into like, so far we've got a lot of like explodey, actiony kind of games. For those of you who aren't into those kind of games, um, for those of you who are busy macrameing like a rabbit on furious, copious amounts of excellent drugs being intravenously injected into your brains via your sweatshop masters. For those of you who are really into handicrafts, instead of badass, super cool action games, there is Cities Skylines, which even if you're just into games, you should own. Cities Skylines, that would be like SimCity, but way better. Um, Like actually, it's not made by um, the people who made SimCity. It's made by people who are tired of SimCity not getting any better or ever over intervening 20 years improving. City Skylines is a magnificent game that you can play for the rest of your life. Yes, Ivor, I know I'm pouring it now. Ivor Molina's holding up the whiskey sign. Drink more. Um, City Skylines, thousands of hours of gameplay. Base game, right now, 75% off, $7.49. An ancient game. An ancient game, an ancient promise of defeat and destruction. One of the games that got me into Steam on Linux back in the day and actually spawned one of my biggest projects uh, for the free and open source community development stuff that I've attempted to do and have done and etc. One of my biggest projects was the Radio Control Room project which was inspired by this game, Beat Hazard. B e a t h a z a r d h a z a r d, beat hazard. Seventy percent off, two dollars ninety nine cents is a top down shoot 'em up that um, runs programmatically. the The special effects and the difficulty levels of what you're of what you're playing uh, change according to your own music. You feed it your mp3s or a playlist of mp3s, and away you go. Beat Hazard, one of mine and Jeffy Wise's favorite games for Steam from back in the day. Um, I haven't revisited Beat Hazard lately, but I'm still waiting for someone to come up with a game that will take the concept of Beat Hazard and make it even better. Hasn't happened yet. It's easy to see how that could be done. But for now, we'll have to content ourselves with Beat Hazard, and there is no better time pick up Beat Hazard. If you like to listen to music, your music, and play a game that um, isn't an infinite runner, but instead is a shooter, um, that really, you can really see and feel the response, the difference that your music makes, try loading up uh, the first movement of Shikovsky's Sixth Symphony into it. It's super fun. Beat Hazard is it, and there's no better time at 70% off, $2.99. Speaking of no better time, I just got off the, uh, ye old Steamophone. that's, uh, interwebs for, um, for Steam voice chat with good old friend Joe, Joe Baca. Not Joe Jokimon Kendall, but Joe Joe Baca um, from my IHC days. And I had just gifted him one of my favorite games of the year so far. This fuck, I'm dreading December. It's gonna be so hard to come up with my top ten. Tomb Raider! T-O-M-B, Raider, the 2013 reboot, a game I've beaten, I want to say 10 times now. Tomb Raider, one of the best adventure games I've ever played, one of the best action games I've ever played. 75% off, a AAA title, also a Feral Interactive port, 75% off at $4.99. And then, of course, Alien Isolation. Scariest game I think that is available for Linux. Um one of the most beautiful games that's available for Linux in terms of first person uh shooter style games, one of the best design games ever. Um yeah, possibly ever. Um it's gotta be in the top 20. Um absolutely fabulous. Alien isolation, 75% off, a steal at twelve dollars and 49 cents. I know, I am, that's right, Ivor so it's Alien Isolation then, another game that I would not have found if it were not for uh, the benevolent the beneficence of the infamous one, Insurgency I-N-S-U-R-G-E-N-C-Y which I have not gotten enough time to uh, I've not gotten enough or as much time as I would like to play it, but I'm constantly looking forward to it I booted it up. I've I've jumped around in the in the tutorial and stuff. Insurgency, which is like the best aspects of um, team play from Counter Strike, combined with the weapons and weapon systems and tactical considerations, realistic tactical considerations of uh, any modern shooter, um, but with better gameplay. Uh, Insurgency. You have no excuse. Multiplayer, unbelievable game. You're gonna get lots of miles out of it, even though it's a little bit older, it still looks great, and lots of people still play it. Insurgency, 80% off, $1.99. Speaking of the classics, yes, the classics. Jeff, Jeffy Wise. I'm staring at the poster across, across, uh Across the across the room. Yes, I know Ivor. We are we're we're gonna get this done in under 20 minutes. Transistor. Oh yes, big red. One of my favorite games ever for Linux. Um transistor. Uh, demi-isometric uh faux 3D um role-playing game, story-driven, fantastic art style, fantastic storytelling techniques, fantastic music, fantastic production, um... with characters that you're going to really like, and enemies, and just, it, it's awesome. Transistor, which very rarely goes on sale, at least it's only the third time since we've been doing the podcast that it's gone on sale. Transistor, right now, is 75% off at $4.99. Made by the same people who made Bastion. It's the spiritual um cousin of Bastion, I guess. Then, for those of you who like spiritual cousins, um, this is actually a progenitor. Um, it's its own grandfather. If you like Fallout 2 or Wasteland 1, you only waited 20 years for Wasteland 2 to come out, a game that almost never goes on sale, because it was a huge, huge labor of love. Took many years to make. Wasteland 2, the ultimate, um... Role-playing game with uh, story-driven role-playing game where you can you know run around and explore, um, crossed with actual free will esque um, narrative quest-based structures, and all wrapped up in that shiny bow of having you know uh, a party system. You have like five people in your. I can't remember how. I think it's only four, but you know. You got these four people, uh, I call them pack mules. They're all expendable to me. They're just there to carry the loot out of the dungeons. (laughs) Anyway, um, post-apocalyptic from the same guys, many of the same people who brought you the Fallout series originally. Wasteland 2 is now 60% off, $15.99. It's like the Fallout 3 that you really wanted um, and that we all deserved. Um, and not the Fallout 3 that we got, but anyway, it's like Fallout 2, but without the sense of humor, and with a lot more post-apocalyptic, uh, gaming, with that same action, that, you know, delicious action point based, um, turn based, uh, squad based, uh, demi hexagonal, or whatever, um, combat in post-apocalyptic environments. Wasteland 2, 60% off. $15.99. Then, Elsa Nova needs you, baby! Elsa Nova! Oh my god. Oh my god, I miss you, baby. I love you, Elsa Nova. I love you, Elsa Nova. That would be Axiom Verge. Elsa Nova is a character in Axiom Verge, who you will come to love. A gibbering miasma of- <laughs> Demi, Demi Ingridge, Demi Bad Japanese Translation, but all intentionally done, and Demi Bad Alien trying to speak, uh, English while her brains are being eaten, um, more or less. There's not, that, that's not a spoiler at all. One of the best platformers ever made, um, uh, you know, in terms of, like, uh, games that try to sum up and relive that, I'm not gonna say Metroidvania, damn it! I SAID METROIDVANIA! FUCK! FUCK! THE GAME! If you want one game that sums up Metroidvania to a T, it would be Axiom Verge. A-X-I-O-M-V-E-R-G-E. Very rarely goes on sale. Right now, 50% off, $9.99. It is so like Super Metroid... in, ...in its design... ...but brings so much more to, um... The game than Super Metroid actually brought to you know if you go back and play Super Metroid you will actually probably find yourself after you beat Axiom Verge I think I'm like at the end of Axiom Verge I don't think I ever beat it but um after you spend some time with Axiom Verge you will honestly go back and look at um, Super Metroid and go wow this is still really good just like I remember it but it's not like Axiom Verge it doesn't have as much as Axiom Verge more or less. It's not without its flaws, but it is a deeply unflawed game. Axiom Verge, 50% off, $9.99. Then a game that I hated because of the tutorial and never played again, um, but everyone else loves, Satellite Rain, as in like satellite orbiting, you know, the planet. Satellite Rain, R-E-I-G-N, which is a cyberpunk, demi- uh, Shadowrun-esque um... Role-playing game, a demi-isometric, you know, pseudo, three-quarter, I guess, you know, angle, 3D, whatever, blah, 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 satellite rain, 75% off, $7.49. Then, a game that we mentioned prominently for having gone on sale a couple of weeks ago, side-scrolling ninja stealth platformer action, unlike you will believe, Mark of the Ninja, Mark of the Ninja, now 75% off at $3.49 and then a game uh, we're coming up down to the last two a game that uh, we also ranted about uh, within the last two months I want to say during our deal section Hand of Fate where you get to play against the inscrutable game master as he deals out the cards with which you will play um, and the inventory items you will use And then, all of a sudden, you're in actual real 3D manifestations of them. Super fucking awesome game. 60% off, $8.49, Hand of Fate. And then finally, because we haven't mentioned it in forever, and there are, evidently, just from talking to my friends, there are people who have not played it. Payday 2 is like $4.99, the base game. But if you've not played Payday 2 this is a great time to jump on um, this the Game of the Year edition, which includes 15 of the downloadable content packs, all for the low, low price of 75% off at $12.49. So we had lots of good games. I'm just going to you know, shout out the titles here in order. Mad Max, The Long Dark, Saints Row 4, and the entire Saints Row series, Seven Days to Die, Borderlands and the Borderlands series, City Skylines, Beat Hazard, Tome Raider, Alien Isolation, Insurgency, Transistor, Wasteland 2, Axiom Verge, Satellite Rain, Mark of the Ninja, Hand of Fate, and Payday 2 Game of the Year Edition. And that'll do us for our uh... for this episode of the show and uh for our deals and for the steam autumn sale you have three days to jump on these deals um check them out and uh cheers thanks for listening uh and check back next week for our interview with the infamous one sorry that it got bumped uh this week by the autumn sale and just a bunch of things actually um yeah awesome uh Get your Linux gaming on. Like, I thought that this autumn sale was kind of disappointing until I actually started to really look at uh, some of the games that were were available from the perspective of, okay, well, if you want to like game on Linux and you're just jumping on Linux, this is actually a really good sale, especially with Mad Max, all the feral interactive games. Oh, wait, you know what? That, oh, that reminds me, Shadows of Mordor. Oh, I I forgot to put this on the list. Middle Earth Shadows of Mordor is 50% off. $9.99. Totally runs great on Linux. That's 50% off. It is a fabulous game. Also, another feral interactive port. So, yeah, you got tons of feral interactive stuff all up in this. You have a type of game for every human being known to man. Go to it. Cheers, and happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy, uh... Welcome to the hol- holiday cost. <laughs> we shall survive. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, well, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux... It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die.